Welcome to the Business, Wealth and Mindset Podcast. Your space for real motivational interviews and cutting-edge business content to inspire your positive mental attitude. And now, your host, Alex Sopala. Hey. Hi, Michelle. Hi, how are you, Alex? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good. Good to see you. You too. You too. You too. Thank you. Take it. <laughs> Thank you very much for uh, um, approaching us to come and talk to us on the uh, on the Business Work and Mindset podcast. Yeah, thank you. Where are you based out of? Uh, we, we're actually in London. In London. London. Yeah. Wonderful. Absolutely. So uh, um, a lot of our UK-based uh, listeners and the US will be um, actually very interested to, to listen to you and catch up with you. So um, it should be should be good, you know. Are most of your clients in the U.S. or London? Uh, U.S. and and the U.K. as well. So we are, are pretty pretty much global. We've got people, um, you know, listening to us from all over. So it's, uh, it's it's great to have uh, you know people like yourselves coming up and uh, and, and catching up with us. So uh, people are looking forward to that. So. Um, those yeah, the last two. <laughs> okay, sorry, I'm just asking him to fix my screen. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. How've your day been so far? All good. Yeah, back to back podcast. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Yeah, you've got a a lot of stuff to offer, so which is which is good, which is good. Yes, um, yeah. So um yeah I just, I just thought uh, maybe uh, to begin with just to uh, get our, our listeners into um you know yourself and and what do you, what do you do if you could um just start off by uh, just giving us a little bit a little bit of our background of your yourself as well and uh, you know your experience and what what you're into just to sort of set the scene if that's all right yeah yeah absolutely where do you want me to start <laughs> so just uh I, I guess a good starting point will be like uh, you know your your experience so humble beginnings originally uh your um you know experience in business what uh what, what you've, you've done so far and uh, what you specialize in and and all of that kind of stuff yeah sure so my my you know I've always been an entrepreneur. I did go to work for, for corporate America at one point. I went to work for, at Xerox, um, but I've always been an entrepreneur. Um, I did I do have experience in franchise sales, franchise consulting, franchise development. I did that for several years, and yeah. then I transitioned into selling businesses. So I'm a I'm a mergers and acquisitions master intermediary. Yeah. Uh, senior business analyst, professional mergers and I have a bunch of acronyms, <laughs> and I've been in this industry for about 20 years. I've I personally have sold over 500 companies, but my company has sold over a thousand. Yeah, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> so we specialize in buying, selling, fixing, and growing companies. Companies, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I buy businesses, I flip them, I partner with business owners, investing my money, my time, resources, energy, and effort in which to get those businesses. So for the, the seller's desired price tag. Yeah, great, great. So I see um, you've got a, quite a, um, a lot of experience within the mergers and acquisition, just like you've started. So 
Uh, obviously, there's a, a lot of uh, stuff that you can you can take us through, but uh, I wanted to start off with um, your uh, the 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 GPS exit model. You know, planning your exit from from day one. So, if you could just uh, talk uh, talk us through that, how people can actually start thinking about that when they are actually starting their businesses, rather than somewhere in the middle or at the end of it. Yeah. Sure. The reason it's so imperative to start the GPS exit model from day one of starting or buying your business is because eight out of 10 businesses don't sell. Yeah. According to Steve Forbes, eight out of 10 businesses don't sell. And Steve Forbes also um, wrote an introductory to my book. He gave us a glowing testimonial. The mm -hmm. reason that eight out of 10 businesses don't sell, Alex, is because many business owners, most business owners will call me up and I'll say, Michelle, I have to sell because, you know, um, health issues or partner disputes or divorce. I just mm -hmm. had a, a lady call me and she was in tears. Her husband dropped dead of a heart attack oh. and he had a construction company, but he had no succession plan. He had no exit plan of his business. Mm -hmm. And I started asking her questions like, okay, well, how long has he been in business? She said 35 years. I said, great. How many employees does he have? She said, none. He has all subcontractors. It was a construction business. Mm -hmm. And then I started asking more questions, more questions, more questions. He didn't have a business to sell. So he left this poor little old lady in debt, in mm -hmm. debt, not knowing anything about his business. And he really doesn't have anything for us to sell. So all business owners should be thinking about planning their exit, if not for them, at least for your loved ones, you know, very important. And the reason, you know, the reason it's so important is because most business owners don't think about selling until a catastrophic event happens like COVID or internal things like health, death, etc. That's the worst time to sell your business, Alex. The best time to sell the business is when your business is doing really, really well. Yeah. You know, so you want to sell the business when it's doing good. So you want to think about the exit from the beginning, as crazy as that sounds, you got to do it because here's what happens, Alex, is business owners don't have a plan. So they don't have an yeah. exit plan. So they're driving around in circles, driving up and down the financial hills, winding up nowhere. Many business owners are going to be forced into closing for selling for pennies on the dollar, closing their business, or even worse, filing bankruptcy. And mm -hmm. I don't want to see business owners become a part of that statistic. I want to see business owners retire rich and yeah. sell the business for their desired price tag. So that's why they really should follow the GPS exit model. The GPS exit. So I guess within that model, there are specific things that people have to consider, which uh, they have to put in place at the start, which I guess when uh, situations have happened, maybe uh, you know, life-changing events, which are forcing them to sell, it's relatively difficult or it may cost them more to actually implement those rather than if they had thought about that when they're actually setting the business. Is that, right. is that yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So do you want me to walk you through the method, the, yes. the actual plan? Okay. Yes, please. So yeah. first and foremost, when you want to drive somewhere in London, mm -hmm. and I've been to London yeah. <laughs> a few times, but when you want to drive somewhere to London, what do you do? What do you do anywhere in the world? You pull out your phone, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then you use Google Maps, you use Waves, or you use one of those applications, right? Mm -hmm. And then you plug in. What do you plug in? Your 
destination. destination. Yep. <laughs> destination. You plug in where you want to go. The problem with business owners is they never figure out where they want to go. <laughs> so you got to figure out where do I want to go? What's my end game? What's my desired sales price? So let's say you want to sell for $20 million. Great. Plug in $20 million. I want to sell for $20 million. That's a start. Now you have a number, right? Mm -hmm. So what else does the GPS need to know? Well, now it needs to know where am I starting from? What's my current location? Mm -hmm. Valuation, meaning what is your current evaluation? What is your business worth today? You know, it's shocking to me, Alex, how many how many business owners never have an evaluation in our business? Us humans get a physical, a physical checkup every year to make sure we're in good health. We drive our car into the shop to make sure it's in good health and we get a tune-up from our mechanic. But we never go to our M&A expert to get a business evaluation checkup once a year because mm -hmm. there are events that can cause your business to increase in value and there are events that can cause your business to decrease in value. Yeah. So you want to make sure you have that business checkup once a year. So let's say your your business is worth $5 million today and you want to sell for $20 million, right? Yeah. So now you need to know time frame. So let's say you want to do that in 10 years. You want to sell for $20 million, you're worth $5 million, you want to do that in 10 years. So now you need to know, well, who are my buyers going to be? Not buyer buyers <laughs> you yeah. more than one buyer alex mm. so i'll tell you who your buyers are not going to be yeah you're not going to sell to a first-time buyer because they can't afford a 20 million dollar company mm -hmm. and you're not going to sell to a turnaround specialist because they buy distressed assets they don't pay 20 million dollars for a company yeah so your buyers are going to be a private equity group a strategic slash competitor or a serial sophisticated entrepreneur those who will be your buyers. Now you need to figure out, Alex, what are the where do the financials need to be to sell my business for $20 million? Yeah, where's yeah. the top line got to be? And then where's the EBITDA need to be? EBITDA is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization. Yeah. So to sell for $20 million, EBITDA needs to be between four to $5 million. Yeah. And now you need to ask yourself, what is the buying criteria? What synergies are buyers buying? What are they looking for? And then you build your business to run on all six cylinders, all six P's, like we talk about in Exit Rich. Yeah. Now, the last, the last um, ingredient into the GPS exit model yeah. is your why. Why do you want to sell the business for $20 million? You have to have a powerful why because... Mm. If it was easy to sell a business for $20 million, everybody would be doing it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's not easy. You're going to go up and down financial roller coasters, up and down those financial hills. You're going to have to weather the financial storm. So you need a powerful why to keep you motivated, to keep you in the game, to keep you hungry, you know? So you need that why. And then you need to build the business based upon the six Ps. So that's yeah. the GPS exit model. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that, Michelle. And I guess uh, the, the the model is also useful for someone who, even if their their destination is not initially to sell, but if you set up yourself so that if something happens, you could sell. So that's another good way of actually thinking about the approach as well. Exactly. You need to protect your biggest asset. And you need to make sure that if you have to, you can sell your biggest asset. Right now, so many business owners want to sell 
but can't sell because they don't have a valuable business because they never built one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the yeah. business is too dependent upon them. You know, yeah. you got to make sure that your business is not dependent upon you, that your business can run without you. Because if you're the business, and I can promise you, your business is not sellable. Buyers mm. want to buy a business, not a job. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cool. <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. What about the um, the six Ps? You talk about the six Ps in uh, building a sustainable, scalable, unsellable business. Are you able to talk us through those, please? Sure, absolutely. So the six Ps is the foundation of your business. It is the infrastructure. Mm -hmm. It's what creates a sustainable, scalable business. So when you're ready, it is sellable. So the six Ps are the ingredients that you must build your foundation on. So number one is people. You don't build a business, Alex. You build people and people build the business. So you got to have the right people in the right seats. A lot, of, a lot of times business owners have the right people, but they have them misplaced. They're not in the right seats. Mm -hmm. And you got to have, you got to ask yourself the who question. Who deals with customer service issues? Who deals with legal? Who deals with environmental? Who deals with accounting? Who deals with um, uh, manufacturing? Who deals with transportation, logistics? You know, who goes, who does banking? Who opens the doors? The list goes on and on. Who, who, who? But Alex, here's the clue. You should never be next to the who. <laughs> you should never be next to the who. I have businesses that come to me all the time that want to sell their company. Yeah. And they're not sellable because they are the business. All and I'll right. give you a couple examples. A dental practice, one dentist. Is that sellable? No. <laughs> the only way that is sellable is mm -hmm. if the dentist gets associates in and keeps associates for so long, and then they can be on the path of selling. Yeah. Or if we take the price and attach it to the owner, to the dentist, staying mm -hmm. in the practice for two or three or four years. Yeah. So you got to build a business that runs without you. If your brand, if you're branding yourself and you're not branding your business, you're missing, you're missing the mark. Yeah. You also got to brand your business and you got to make sure you have the right people in place. Also, if you're trying to sell from $20 million, you got to have a management team in place. You got to have a layer between you and your employees. So you need a CEO, you need a CFO, you need that management team in place. Mm -hmm. So that's the first P. The second P is product. Yeah. So you got to ask yourself, is your industry on the way up or on the way out? Your product, which is your industry, way up, way out. Are you an Amazon and you're crushing it? Are you a blockbuster and it's crushing you? <laughs> and if you have a blockbuster, Alex, then you really got to align yourself with a mentor who can help you see things more clearly because a lot of times when you're in the middle of the chaos, it's hard to think objectively. Yeah. And so you really need to ask yourself three transformational questions. Amazon did this way back when they started. They asked themselves, what business are we in? And they said, we're in the book selling business. That's what we do. We sell books. Mm -hmm. And then they asked themselves, well, what do we do really, really well? Oh, we do book fulfillment really, really well. well like we are the best at doing fulfillment. Mm -hmm. What business should we be in? And, blog, mm -hmm. and then Amazon said, 
we need to be in a fulfillment business. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. So those three transformational questions is what really transformed Amazon into a small book selling company to multi, multi-billion dollar worldwide conglomerate. Mm. So that's product. The third P is processes. You gotta have processes. So many business owners don't think about processes until something bad happened. You know, so somebody got hurt at the office. Oh no, we need a process for that. Or mm -hmm. let's say a customer complains and blasts you all over the internet. Oh no, we need a process for that. Processes should really be designed from the beginning and they should be designed with the customer experience in mind. Mm -hmm. So, so many companies these days are building companies and are not taking in what they want that customer experience to be like. Like, did you ever watch a movie, The Founder, based upon the McDonald's story? Uh, no, I haven't, I haven't seen that one. I've heard of it, but it's on the list. You got to watch The Founder. Like, yeah. watch it right away. It's a great, great, great movie. Back in the 40s, um, they had these type of drive-up, like a Sonic-type restaurants. That's all they had. Mm. And the waiters and waitresses would come out on roller skates. But back then, they never perfected the process. So the order was always wrong. The food was cold, and it took too long. So McDonald Brothers, who starred in McDonald's, now Ray Kroc came in and basically took it away from McDonald's mm -hmm. and grew it to the empire it is today. But... The McDonald's brothers back in the 40s said, hmm, we want our vision, our mission is to create a fast food restaurant and we want the customer experience to be this. We want our customers to get great tasting food that's hot and fast, two minutes or less. How mm. are we going to accomplish that? Because there was nothing like that back in the 40s. Yeah. So they went out to an empty tennis court they took all their employees, they mapped out the process with chalk, <laughs> they erased it, started all over again. They did this all day, Alex, until they figured out who cooked, who takes the order, who toasts the buns, mm -hmm. who cooks the burgers, who puts the pickles on the buns, and who gives it to the client two minutes or less. Those processes is why you can eat at a McDonald's in London or New Zealand, or Australia, or USA, or anywhere in the world because of those processes. Mm -hmm. The processes are efficient, they're productive, they're designed with the customer experience in mind. Now let's look at an opposite company. Let's look at some, a company that doesn't do things with the customer experience in mind. Have you ever tried working with PayPal and calling PayPal because <laughs> you have an issue? <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> Same thing with Facebook. Try getting hacked in Facebook. I got hacked and it took weeks to get anybody to give me any attention or to fix it. There's nobody you can call. There's yeah. no real customer service. So those companies are designed with the opposite. They're designed with the processes to alienate us and frustrate us. Okay. Mm -hmm. so you don't want to do that. You want your processes to create a wow experience for your clients. You want it to be productive, efficient, and duplicatable. Most importantly, you want it to be documented. You want to make sure you have policy and procedure manuals, and you want to make sure you have SOP checklists and all your employees are trained on such. Make yeah. sense? Absolutely. Thanks, Michelle. So then the next P is proprietary. Do you have any questions so far? 
Uh, no, so far that's uh, that, that's great. That's a great sort of uh, uh, pr um, you know setup that you, you have there on the on the six Ps. So yeah, if you if you uh, give us the rest of those. Okay. I think so yeah. proprietary is the next one. Proprietary is the biggest value driver. Hmm. Uh, proprietary will increase your multiple. So here's how businesses are evaluated. Businesses are typically evaluated a multiple of EBITDA. Even as earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization. Yeah. The multiple can be three times, four times, five times. It's hard to get past five times multiple unless you have a lot of Ooh. IP intellectual property, unless you have a lot of proprietary yeah. synergies. So mm -hmm. the next P is proprietary. This is the highest value driver you can possibly have. Mm -hmm. All right. So there's six pillars to proprietary. So get ready. Yeah. Your seatbelt. <laughs> so number one is branding. How well branded are you? Yeah. How well branded are you? Huge, right? Mm -hmm. So branding is important. As long I can sell you a company for a lot of money as long as your brand is still relevant in the mind of the consumer. Mm -hmm. Is anybody going to pay anybody anything for the Blockbuster brand? Yeah. No, because Blockbuster yeah. went bust. They went belly up. Nobody wants to buy that brand. So nobody's yeah. going to for Blockbuster. However, the largest brand in the world is, is guess who? You know? Apple. 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 You're right. <laughs> Apple is worth $189 billion. Hmm. That's just for the brand. That's not including cash flow, inventory, real estate, or anything else. That's just a brand. So build your brand. You sell your business for a lot of money. Also, trademarks are very important in the USA. I'm not sure about London. Yeah. In the USA, businesses will start a business. Let's say they start a business in New York, mm -hmm. and they go and get a state trademark, but they never got the federal trademark. They never looked in the federal database to make sure it's available. So a business owner could be operating for years and years and years, and all of a sudden receive a letter in the mail that says, Hey, you have to stop using this name because this is trademark infringement on this person who owns the federal trademark. Mm. And you can hire an attorney and spend thousands upon thousands of dollars, but you're going to probably lose. Yeah. And you have to start your your brand name all over again. So in the U.S., make sure you protect and get your federal trademark on your company name, your slogan, your podcast. Yeah. My book I got re registered. So you got to make sure you protect your trademarks. Very important. And then patents are very important too. Like if you've never, have you ever watched Shark Tank? Do they have Shark Tank in London? Uh, yes, they do actually. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So what's the question they always ask? Every shark always asks the same question to the, mm -hmm. to the editors. Mm -hmm. Do you have a patent, right? Do you have a patent on this? Do you have a patent on this? <laughs> so patents are very valuable. Get yeah. your product patent. Patent it will make you a lot more money in the sale of your business. Plus, it will protect your IP. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is valuable is contracts, client contracts, distribution contracts, manufacturing contracts, vending contracts. The most valuable are client contracts. You know, let's say you're a landscaper and you have, you know, 500 clients. You have 500 contracts. Well, that's very valuable to a buyer because mm. buyers want to buy reoccurring revenue. They want to buy residual income. They want to buy a business that has cash flow coming in. Yeah. However, there's one caveat to this, Alex. Mm. In the United States, 99.9% .9 of all sales are asset sales, not stock sales. 
if the contract doesn't have the two sentence transferability clause, yeah. then it could cause your deal to fall apart. So go get that two sentence transferability clause. Yeah. Yeah. And so moving right along, <laughs> the <laughs> other thing that's important in proprietary is databases. Yeah. Databases are huge. They can make you a lot of money as long as your clients can be repurposed and retargeted. You could be losing money in your company and still sell because of your database. You know, Facebook paid $19 billion for WhatsApp and WhatsApp was hemorrhaging money. Hmm. Hmm. So build your database. The other thing that's important too is what I call IP real estate. IP real estate is let's say you have a skincare line. Yeah. And a skincare line. Skincare, you sell skincare. Hmm. And let's say that Oprah Winfrey has endorsed your product and you are on her favorite things. Yeah. Yeah. So a buyer, a strategic, a competitor will pay you a lot of money for that because they want that Oprah Winfrey endorsement. Especially a strategic who has similar products. If they think they could get in there and get over to, to, to endorse their products too, they'll pay huge money for that. Mm. Let's say that you manufacturing you manufacture furniture, home furniture, and you're number one on Wayfair. Huge. Yeah. Same thing with Amazon or Etsy. If you're number one or corner of the market on Amazon or Etsy or any of these online platforms, that is a huge value driver. Yeah. yeah. So let's move on to the fifth P, which is patrons. Patrons is your customer base, your clients. And in USA, it's usually the most businesses follow what we call the golden rule, the 80-20 rule, where 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your clients. Yeah. Well, if you lose a couple of clients, it can literally put you out of business. So you want customer diversification instead of customer concentration, right? Yeah. And then if you've been in business for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, your clients could be aging out. Yeah. So anyway, so moving on, last P, most important P to all entrepreneurs and probably all your listeners mm -hmm. is profits. Profit. We're all in this yeah. business to make a profit. However, Alex, prob profits is never the problem. It's always a symptom of not running on what in the other five P's. You know, clients will come to me and say, well, should I have a profit problem? Like, no, you have a people problem. Yeah. <laughs> you have the right people. Or you have a process problem or you haven't protected your proprietary. Yeah. So office is never the problem. It's a symptom. The symptoms. Yeah. Wow. Brilliant. Thanks. Thanks, Michelle. You're so welcome. I wanted to um, just um, go through. Uh, we're going to uh, talk about your, your book, Exit Rich. Uh, but uh, just... Um, Talk about some of the the um, I mean you've you've got here the ten biggest profit mistakes that people make, and also how people can actually maximize the valuations on their on their companies, and uh, you know creating that bidding war as well, uh, you know amongst buyers who are looking to buy your uh, your your business. So just uh, briefly talk us through the, those three things, like the biggest mistakes, you know, uh, uh, you know profit mistakes people are making how we can maximize those values and create this bidding war. And then we got we, we get to talk about your, your book. Sure. So a lot of the mistakes I've already mentioned, and I don't know mm -hmm. if, it, if it really registered with anyone. Yeah. I've already mentioned a lot of profit mistakes. Number one, not yeah. planning your exit from the beginning. Not yeah. planning your exit from the beginning is a huge profit mistake. Mm -hmm. It is huge. It is a difference between selling for millions mm 
or ending up with nothing and selling mm -hmm. companies on a dollar. So that's yeah. number one. Number two, you know, I took you all through the six Ps. Not having the right people in place is yeah. a big profit mistake because if your business is tied to you and you're the owner and, and I'm trying to sell the business yeah. and it won't function without you, that's a huge profit mistake. Buyers will walk away from you all day long because you have a, a job, not a business. Mm -hmm. Also, if you haven't tied up your key management and your key employees with a non-compete, that's a big profit mistake too, because business owners will walk away. If you don't have a non-compete or can't get a non-compete on your key employees, buyers get scared and they're very fearful that those employees are going to leave mm. and compete against them. Yeah. Um, the another, another big profit mistake that we talked about is products being in the, being in the same industry too long and not innovating. Here's a huge profit mistake. In the United States, when I wrote my first book, Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth in 2013, mm -hmm. I did the research and learned that 95% of all startups will go out of business. So those businesses, one to five years, were in great, great, great risk of going out of business, right? Yeah. But when I wrote Exit Rich in 2019, 2020, I did the same research and learned that only 30% of startups will go out of business. A whopping 70% of businesses, and this is out of 27.6 million companies, 70% of businesses have been in business 10 years or longer are going out of business now. It is flip-flopped, flip-flopped. Yeah. So why is that? Why are, because it used to be, oh my gosh, you've been in business over five years, you're golden. You've been in business over 10 years, you can write your ticket to retirement, right? Mm -hmm. But not anymore. You're in business 10 years, It's, a, it's a, you got a 70% chance of dropping out of business. Yeah. So the number one reason for that is lack of aim. Aim is always innovate and market, always innovate and market. Business owners stop innovating. So that's where in our product, you know, they become complacent. They stopped innovating. That's what Blockbuster did. Blockbuster had the opportunity to buy Netflix and they didn't, and they did nothing to innovate. And now they're out of business. So you have to innovate, always innovate. Otherwise you'll be, that's what Amazon did. Yeah. Amazon innovated. You got to innovate. Otherwise you'd be out of business. That is a huge profit mistake is not innovating. The yeah. other um, big, big mistake that business owners make is we already kind of talked about this is the profit mistake. It's not protecting their IP, you know, not getting a federal trademark. That's mm -hmm. a huge profit mistake because think about this. If you've been in business 20 years and you don't have a federal trademark mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you get this letter in the mail, and you're going to start over? That's a huge yeah. profit mistake because branding is everything. Yeah. Okay. The other profit mistakes in financials are not knowing your numbers, not knowing your KPIs, key performance indicators. Mm. you got to know your numbers. So many business owners have no clue what they're making. Plus, Alex, mm. I've been in this industry for 20 years, done thousands of transactions. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you the number of times that I've witnessed embezzlement embezzlement so business owners put somebody in charge but they don't put any checks and balances mm -hmm. they don't inspect what they expect they don't trust but that they trust but they don't verify and people are robbing them blind the person you put in as a person who wants your money is the one that's actually stealing your money mm. so that's a huge profit mistake yeah. okay another one is um not having a transferability language in your contracts, huge profit mistake. Also, if you're in manufacturing, dealing with a manufacturing plant, 
in China, but not having any backup plan. Like when COVID happened and China shut down, that hurt a lot of businesses in the U.S. that are manufactured in China. You always need a black backup plan. You always need plan B, plan C, plan D. You always need to diversify. You should never have one manufacturing plan. Huge profit mistake. There are companies who are out of practically out of business because they couldn't get products from China. Yeah. I mean, it's like computers now. Computers have went way up in price because of trying to get computers from China. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I, I guess, um, yeah, that's uh, a lot of what once you can sort of uh, um, look to minimize those mistakes, that's where you create your maximum valuations for your businesses and when it comes to selling. Yeah, and it's so, not about, it's not about minimizing the mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's about buy, getting exit rich and following my blueprint. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you follow my blueprint, you don't have to minimize the mistakes. You yeah. need to just build your business to run on all six Ps and then you won't have mistakes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. So creating that uh, bidding wall between uh, our buyers then. What's, what's the... Aside to looking at all these six P's and everything else, uh, just before we get into ex- exit reach, how do you create that uh, urgency amongst buyers and create that bidding or that, yeah, I want to get this business? So it's very hard for business owners mm-hmm. to go out and create their own bidding war, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, it's like performing. It's like if you need a heart surgery. Are you going to cut on your chest, rip your chest open, pull your heart out, and and operate on your own heart? No. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be selling your own business either. So it's very difficult, probably impossible, to create a bidding war on your own business. You really mm-hmm. have to have an expert who's done it, who's done yeah. it numerous times, like us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the way that we create bidding wars is we have over 28,000 buyers, Mm-hmm. And there's five different types of buyers. So we know all five types of buyers. We know what they're looking for. We know the synergies that they want to buy. Mm-hmm. And then when we evaluate our business on our business owner's business and really evaluate it based upon the six P's, then we know what those synergies are. Plus yeah. we can work with our, we work with our owner to try, try to tweak those P's to make sure that they have those synergies. So mm-hmm. it's all about knowing what buyers are going to buy, what synergies, and then making sure that owner has those synergies. Mm -hmm. So like the contracts, buyers will pay a lot of money for contracts. Also, the higher the EBITDA, Mm -hmm. the higher the EBITDA, the more businesses we will have for that business. So if you have an EBITDA of a million and up, then that creates a whole different um, threshold of buyers, a whole different echelon of buyers because there are more buyers for good businesses than there are good businesses to buy. So when we get businesses over a million EBITDA, we have 500, you know, we'll have 200, 300, 400, 500 buyers for that one business. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's really important to work with an advisor that has a lots of buyers that knows those synergies that the buyer is looking for. And it can identify those synergies that the business owner has and then we bring those buyers to the table. Then we start getting LOIs, and then we start, you know, getting the buyers to pay more. I mean, we once we once appraised a business that was an oil manufacturing business, and it appraised for a nine point eight million dollar range. We have five hundred and fifty buyers. We um, had twelve LOIs. 
-hmm. we had a strategic who had a similar product and service but different and my seller had customer concentration that 65 percent of their revenue tied up with bp they had a contract with bp but guess what that contract was not transferable <laughs> but my buyer wanted that contract mm -hmm. because my buyer said we've been trying to get in bp for years with our products and services and never been able to break through mm. if we buy this company we have an immediate in in to bp to get all other products and services so yeah. that's a synergistic fit so it takes a lot of expertise and skill set for an advisor to know what synergies a buyer is looking for and what they're willing to pay for more for. And not only that, but we look at economies of scale. So we look at what our buyer has and say, okay, if our buyer is buying um, a manufacturing business and has, and, and our buyer, our, and our, 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 I'm sorry, our seller owns a manufacturing business and our buyer is looking to buy a manufacturing business because they already have one. Mm -hmm. but they have distribution centers everywhere throughout the United States. That's going to cut distribution for the company that they're buying, which will increase their EBITDA significantly. So mm -hmm. a lot of times a strategic or a competitor can buy a business and all be, because of economy of scales and because of their current operating system, they can cut, they can increase EBITDA dramatically by cutting overhead. So mm -hmm. they can buy it. So if a, a company has two million in EBITDA, it's, it can be, you know, very e easy for a, a strategic or a competitor to go in and say, I can take this company to three million in EBITDA like that because I don't need this distribution. I don't need this operation. I don't need this. I don't need that. Yeah. You know, so a, a business owner can't do that on their own. You yeah. really need an advisor to help you do, to help you create that bidding war. Uh, uh, absolutely. So Actually, help businesses as well who, for example, come to you and you do their appraisal and look at their numbers and you you can see the potential, but they are not yet there. Do you sort of give them a plan to say, look, if you go out, look at this six piece, look at this, and then come back maybe after a year or a couple of years? And I do, I do. There's different ways I work with clients. It just depends upon the client. It depends upon what their objectives are. Yeah. Um, I do definitely tell them to go get the book Exit Rich. Yeah. <laughs> it is a blueprint. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then we do an evaluation because you gotta know where you're starting from. Yeah, it's shocking to me how many business owners have no idea what their business is worth. Shocking. Mm. Yeah. So we gotta start with a business. We gotta start with evaluation. Then we yeah. help our clients determine, you know, what they want to sell their business for, and yeah. then we evaluate their six P's and tell them what to go work on, and then we yeah. tell them come back to us. Perfect. Now, talk us through exit reach then. I just did. Everything I've been talking about is an exit rich. Exit model is an exit rich. Yeah. A lot more detail on the six P's is yeah. an exit rich. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing that we haven't talked about is a seller sanity check. Yeah. When when to sell your business. Mm -hmm. That's a whole chapter in exit rich because that's really important. Mm -hmm. A lot of sellers have what I call seller's remorse. And they don't move forward with the sale of their business because they haven't figured out what they're going to do after the sale of their business. Yeah. You know, uh, or a lot of times a client will come to me and say, Michelle, I want to sell my business for $10 million, but their EBITDA is a hundred thousand dollars. You're not going to get $10 million if your EBITDA is only a hundred grand. Yeah. So, so I sit down with my clients and really walk them through this process uh, about, you know, number one, how much do you really need? How much do you need a month? How much do you need a year? 
how long do you think you're going to live? You know, and then God forbid when something happens to you, you know, then who's left that, that the money needs to go to. So I do this exercise with them. Then I ask them, what are you going to do after you sell the business? Because Alex, if we haven't helped them plan the beginning strategy, they'll never go through with the exit. Yeah. You know, I want soda manufacturing business with a husband and wife turned down three LOIs, letter of intent, three, three. And all three were good LOIs. They all met their, their terms and their price. <clears throat> and I kept saying to them, listen, guys, I, we can't keep doing this. I can't keep bringing you buyers that you're going to turn down for no reason at all. You're turning them down because this is your baby and you haven't gotten comfortable with letting your baby go. <laughs> so you need to figure out what you're going to do next. Yeah. So I told him, I said, take a few weeks and then call me back. I'm going to stop marketing for a little bit. And I did. I took the business off the market. They called me back and I said, oh, we figured it out. You know, we want to buy or start a B&B. We've always been passionate about bed and breakfasts, but we kind of forgot about that because Alex, when busy business owners are busy running their business and tending to their families, you know, life is busy. It's easy mm. to forget about what you were once passionate about. It's yeah. easy to forget what used to get you excited, you know? And so they said, we want to do a B&B. The next LOI I bought them, they took, Closed on the deal, and now they're operating a B and B, a B and B in Vermont. Brilliant! I think it's Vermont. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. I mean, do you do you um see that uh, mindset of people as well is a key element in in how they uh, they actually approach? Mindset their... is everything. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> they have to be ready to separate from their baby. Everybody mm. thinks their baby is prettier than it really is. <laughs> you know, that's my job to tell you your baby is not as pretty as you think it is. In fact, your baby is ugly. <laughs> so mindset's huge. And then the other thing I like to do too is take my clients through another exercise where we have them prioritize what's most important to them. Mm -hmm. You know, so when a buyer buys your business, what's most important? Some yeah. will say how much money I walk away with. But a lot of them don't say, don't start with that. A lot of them start with, it's real, number one important thing to me is making sure my employees are taken care of. That's number yeah. one. Yeah. Or they'll say, making sure my clients are taken care of. Or making sure the new owner grows my legacy because I know this could be a billion dollar company, but I don't have the core competency to run it. Yeah. You know, so you really have to identify what those priorities are because if it's taking care of their employees, I'm not going to bring them a buyer that's going to come in and dismantle everything. Hmm. I'm going to bring them a buyer that's really going to be focused on the team that he that they built and nurture that. You follow yeah. me? So it's really important for us to know those priorities. Hmm. Wow. Right. Um, so in your uh, experience over these uh, so many years of uh, you know doing business and getting to where you are now i mean what what, what do you say have been the sort of uh, biggest challenges on your journey and how have you sort of overcome them to be here well you know there's all types of challenges in what i do um one mm -hmm. of the biggest challenges was i'm in new orleans louisiana so mm -hmm. in august 2005 there's this little tiny storm called hurricane katrina <laughs> that was a massive storm and mm -hmm. literally 90% of my clients' businesses went yeah. underwater, like literally underwater. Mm -hmm. So that was a big challenge, you know, to regroup and 
yeah. uh, help all of them. But through that challenge, I learned to diversify. I learned to get into other industries. I have other businesses. I'm not solely rely, you know, reliant on one source. Yeah. And we're in other states. Another big challenge for us is just sellers in general. Yeah. I mean, they just are not running a business the way a business should run. And they don't know anything about their financials. Mm -hmm. And it's very challenging to get financials out of them, to get clean financials, you know, to figure out what the company is really making. And it's challenging because it takes them so much time. I mean, we'll start the process six months down the road. We're still waiting on stuff. Yeah. 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 So that's yeah. our biggest challenges. Biggest challenges. And uh, if you flip it the other way, Michelle, um, what have been your sort of biggest successes that you can share? Well, I think, you know, writing three books is a huge success. Um, yeah. Writing three books <laughs> is a big success. Selling over 500 companies. Yeah. Me personally and my business selling over 1,000 companies is a big success. The yeah. biggest success of all is just really helping business owners, you yeah. know, um, helping business owners plan their exit, helping business owners build a business that's actually sellable, and really helping business owners retire rich. Because mm. think about it, you know, you got to think about this. So many business owners pour their hearts or so their life, their money into growing their business. They've made huge sacrifices along the way. Yeah. Now, many of them have missed everything from their kids, you know, their soccer games and, you know, kids plays, etc. And when it's time to cash out and enjoy the fruits of your labor, many of them are going to sell for pennies on the dollar, close their business or file bankruptcy. Yeah. And that's really sad when you think about all the energy efforts they put into it and all the sacrifices they made along the way. So for me, my biggest success is helping one business owner at a time retire rich. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks for having me here. So um, I guess, uh, you know, having gone through um, all the, the, the tips and bits that you've given us around the, the exit model, the six P's and how actually people can think about, uh, uh, you know, the destination from the start before they actually get to uh, to, to do anything. So. For you, I guess, um, if, you, if I take you back to that, putting that uh, destination in the phone, take five, ten years or more, you know, down the line. What, what does, what is your vision? What does your destination look like? Oh, like, for me, oh, so you're putting me on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Alex. Yeah. yeah. What, what's the no, vision? Yeah, it's like practice what you preach, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so mm -hmm. I do that. I do that. Um, I do that. I have other companies that I own. I have a five-year plan for one of my companies mm -hmm. that I'm actually going to sell probably to one of my um, employees. Mm -hmm. I have another company that we have a three-year plan that we want to sell the company for about 20 to $30 million. And we're pretty comfortable we can get there. Yeah. Um, and then for my M&A firm, you know, that's a little bit different because um, I love this industry so much. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I would probably either, you know, maybe sell it to my employees or stay in it and to my daughter wants to take it over, but she's only 10. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean, I do love what I do. I think I will always do it because I think the retirees expire, but mm -hmm. I might not do it at the same level. You know what yeah. I mean? But yeah. for my other businesses I own, I definitely have a, a plan mapped out for each one. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay, so 
getting into how people can find you and how they can actually uh, grab their copy of uh, Exit Reach. So talk us through sure. all the places that uh, people can find you. So I would encourage everybody to go buy Exit Rich. Um, yeah. <laughs> what's wonderful too about Exit Rich, and I don't know if I mentioned this, did I mention that Sharon Lecter is my co-author? Uh, no, yeah. So Sharon Lecter wrote Rich Jab Poor Dad with Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. She is a New York Times bestselling author five times. She has written several books in the Napoleon Hill Foundation, Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. She is a CPA a financial literacy expert mm. was the advisor to Obama, financial advisor to Obama and several other presidents. Oh, so okay. her husband is an intellectual property attorney. And what's nice about exit rich is after every chapter, she writes a mentoring corner where mm. she really puts in, you know, advice from her perspective as a financial literacy expert and advisor to several different presidents. Mm. So it's it's full of nuggets. It's full of information. It, yeah. it really, like Steve Forbes said, it's a goldmine for entrepreneurs. Yeah. And um, so people can go get it right now. They don't have to wait, Alex. We are in the middle of pre-sales. They mm -hmm. can go to exitrichbook.com. Make sure they put in book, exitrichbook.com. Yeah. And mm -hmm. they can buy the book for $24.79. They can get it on Amazon too, but they're going to pay more on Amazon. Yeah. They can get it for $24.79, and yeah. they will receive the digital download immediately. Plus, for anybody in the USA, mm. we will ship the hardcover to their doorstep. Outside the U.S., we'll probably um, send the Kindle version. Yeah. And then they will also, no matter where you live, get the um, lifetime membership into Exit Rich Book Club. The yeah. book club gives you video training of me doing deep dives and different strategies Plus, it gives you documents. So in business, you have to have documents. So many clients are like, Michelle, I've never seen an employee handbook or an organizational chart or non-compete or, or businesses that want to sell. Like, well, I don't know what a sample letter of intent looks like or purchase agreement or closing docs. All of these documents are in the Exerich Book Club for yeah. your review and your immediate download for free. And let me tell you something. So that's probably worth about ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars right there yeah. for those documents. That's what you would pay your attorney to go create all that stuff. Hmm. And so they also receive a thirty-day membership into Club CEOs, which yeah. is a like-minded entrepreneurship group where we do um, masterminds, hot seats, Q and As, and things of that nature. So exitrichbook.com. Go get your copy today. Yeah, absolutely. I just. Uh put uh, the banner up there exitrich exitrichbook.com so brilliant I'm, I'm sure i mean for a lot of listeners just uh, listening to all the experience and the information that you've shared there there's a, a lot of uh, value that they will actually get from uh, you know working with itself because uh, Thank you. Uh, in, uh, in in a lot of uh, uh, situations people sometimes when they're looking it's, it's the same when you're looking to sort of uh, get like mentors or coaching or, or invest in your person on personal development. You know, in most cases, the actual return out of that is like, you know, 10, right. 
terms forward uh, yeah so it's it's uh, it's good to have uh, experts like yourself to actually you know help people you know realize and generate that value which which uh, from your experience there's abundance of that that you're offering so it's it's great that uh, you came to uh, to speak to us today so thank you very much michelle i wanted to of, uh, end on a light-hearted note just to sort of uh, um, <laughs> Uh, uh, play a, a little game with you. This, uh, this, and that game. You know, so just uh, you know, without without thinking, if I give you two words, see which one comes to mind first. You know, in this or that game. So if I said the cat or dog, which one is it? Dog. <laughs> yeah, dog. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, breakfast or dinner? Well, I don't really do either one, <laughs> but I'll say <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, a tea or coffee? Mm -hmm. Coffee for sure. <laughs> okay. uh, good. Gotta have my coffee. Yeah, and uh, lunch or dinner? Lunch. Well, no, you know what? No, dinner because I don't eat lunch. I don't take a yeah. lunch. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Lunch at my yeah. desk. I would say dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I think lunch is uh, totally waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> I eat lunch at my desk. Yeah. How about uh, beach or mountain? Beach. Beach, yeah. So you're beach. But I do like snow skiing, so I do go to the mountain once a year. Mountains, to yeah. uh, okay. And a text or a call? Call. So much call. more personal. Call. Personal, yeah. Good, good, good. And uh, last but not least, this is probably a big one. Freedom or hope? Freedom or hope? Yeah. Freedom or hope? <laughs> I would say you need hope because even if you have freedom, you still want hope for things. I would say hope. hope. Yeah, hope, yeah. Yeah, because hope, hope that does carry you, isn't it? It gives you that something to look forward to. In yeah, because you can have all the freedom in the world and really be poured out of your mind. Yeah. I would say hope, yeah. Brilliant. So um, finally, do you have any sort of last words or last uh, tips for success for people who are looking to, to exit in their business? Uh, um, well, well, my, yeah, I mean, tips for anyone looking to exit a business, you must buy and read Exit Rich and make sure you hire an advisor that has sold lots yeah. and lots of businesses and has experience in pretty much every single vertical. Yeah. Uh, that would be my tip. Um, mm -hmm. If you're a business owner and you're not sure if you want to sell, you know, my, my biggest advice is for any mm -hmm. entrepreneur is yeah. don't do it alone. There's yeah. strength in numbers. You know, align yourself with an expert who's been down the road that you want to travel because your path will be much shorter. Yeah. You know, if you listen to somebody who's already done it, don't ever listen to somebody who hasn't done it. <laughs> you know? yeah. So many people ask, you know, questions and advice and opinions from people who have never been down your road before. Don't do that. Just yeah. ask experts, ask people who have done it. And let me tell you something the more successful somebody is, Mm -hmm. The more time they have to give you, the more time they have to help you, and the more they want to help you. Yeah. The more time they have to invest and the more money they have to invest. So find an expert to help you. Don't do it alone. You know, and your network equals your net worth. So if you want to be rich, hang out with rich people. If you want to be successful, hang out with successful people. You want to be broke, hang out with broke people. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, and this is this is a great leverage message, isn't it? You know, when you leverage yourself with uh, people so you're actually 
getting that value from the mistakes that they've, they've, they've done before. So you don't have to make those mistakes, but you can also get to do things you know, faster and quicker without you know just by leveraging you know experts it's, it's all about relation relational ca relational capital you know yeah. and everybody talks about capital money 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 but it's really about relations it's it's not mm -hmm. always about what you know but who you know oh, yeah. so it's about relation relational relate oh i can't even talk relational <laughs> capital it's about yeah. that you know because you can talk to, and it's also about proximity. I mean, you can mm -hmm. talk to somebody in some, in, like in Alex's circle, and Alex just might have a person that can take, you yeah. know, somebody from your circle from a millionaire to a billionaire. Yeah. And so it's just, like I said, your network equals your net worth. Yeah. And just hang out with like-minded people um, mm -hmm. because you got to keep feeding the brain with positive, positive, positive stuff. Positive and, stuff. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, positive stuff and you know mindset and being in the in the right frame of mind is is, is key. Right. But, uh, you know, yeah, find, yeah, because entrepreneurs, you know, it doesn't matter who the president is, and I'll probably <laughs> get a lot of backlash for that. <laughs> because here's the deal: you create your own destiny, you create your own economy. You know, you are your own your own boss. You are the leader of your domain, and the bottom line is. We'll deal with it. You deal with it. We're entrepreneurs. We're solution people. We come up with solutions. Mm -hmm. So I tell you know I tell people don't worry about who's the president right now. Don't worry about that. You can't. Things are out of your control. Don't worry about. Only worry about what you can control. Does you that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. No, it's been great. Thank you very much, Michelle, for, for coming along. You've uh, given us a, you know, great insights there into, you know, how people can actually start thinking about businesses, even those who are already on the journey and they never actually got to think about how to set up their businesses. They've gotten great content there about, you know, the six Ps and how they can actually start even from now, from this point on to actually turn around their businesses and think about those things that will actually help them. So it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm sure uh, there'll be a, a lot of uh, uh, you know, feedback and interaction and uh, hopefully we can get people to actually uh, get the book. You know, I'll be getting the book and, uh, you know, getting to, to, to read and understand, uh, you know, all the, um, you know, to leverage from all the experience that you have to share with you, you actually share in the book and, uh, for people and our listeners who will be looking to interact with you as well, we'll direct them to your website and they can also reach out to you and uh, hopefully grab a lot of value from you. So thank you very much for your time today, Michelle, and I'm sure thank you. we'll be very soon and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Alex. Absolutely. Thanks, Michelle. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye. Bye.